Welcome to the Boys in Blue podcast, the podcast that's all about cops. I'm your host, retired police officer Bill McReynolds. You have tuned in, undoubtedly, to the most informational law enforcement podcast out there today because we'll talk to real cops, some active, some retired, and we'll get the inside story on law enforcement. And again, I'm your host, retired officer Bill McReynolds, and I'm seated here once again behind this stainless steel titanium microphone inside the Boys in Blue podcast studio down here in beautiful Mesa, Arizona. And we have a lot of fun with this podcast, and you know, I always try to get interesting people in law enforcement from different walks of life, different areas of the country. Well, I'm watching the news the other night. And, you know, I don't know exactly what date this podcast will be broadcast, but we're in the middle of this shutdown and quarantine and stay in place and everything. You can't you can't go in a restaurant. You can't do this and that. So I'm watching the news and I see this sheriff come on TV on the news and he says, you know what? Um, I understand the seriousness of the coronavirus and all that. But, you know, our guy's got to make a living. So these people that are opening their little businesses, uh, maybe they're maybe not uh, practicing perfect social distancing. I'm not going to arrest these people, make criminals out of them. And and I'm looking at that and I think, you know, that guy kind of thinks like I do. <laughs> and so I thought, well, the, who is that guy? And, you know, he was the sheriff of Mojave County, Arizona. So I called up to the Mojave County Sheriff's Office and I said, you know, I wonder if the sheriff would be willing to come on our podcast. His name is Doug Schuster. And sure enough, Sheriff Doug Schuster gave me a call back. And Doug, are you on the line with us today? I am here, Bill, and good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for coming on the podcast. And I know you've had your hands full with the shutdown and the virus and all the expectations that they put on law enforcement and all this. But tell me now, uh, you are from Arizona, I understand. You're a native here? Not a native. Originally from Colorado, but the majority of my life, the last 41 years, have been spent uh, in Mojave County. I actually live down in Lake Havasu City. I see. Now, what is your background now? So... You started, I think, chatting with you before you started in the jail. Is that correct? With Mojave County Sheriff's Office? Yeah, I'll give you the the quick version of it. Uh, In high school, I met a young lady. She was a year behind me. And uh, we started dating. And when I graduated, uh, she said, why don't you wait a year and we'll go off to school together? So I said, all right, I've got nothing else going on. And so during that down year, I saw a big ad in the paper that said, Mojave County wants you. And they said, if you're 18 or older and you've got a good moral compass, we want you to come work for us as a detention officer. So I applied and started my career in the jail. And uh, at the age of 20, I was sent to the academy. When I graduated, I was 21 and officially a police officer for the state of Arizona and assigned as a deputy uh, in Lake Havasu and the Bullhead area. At the age of 25, I promoted to sergeant and was put in uh, control of our boating safety program uh, here in Mojave County. 
Uh, and between that and patrol assignments around the county, 30 years seemed to pass quickly, Bill. It's one of those situations where you look back and, and you realize, uh, you know, from where I was 30 years ago today, it seems like a blink of an eye. So we just try and do the best we can and move forward. In uh, 2015, I was fortunate enough, I had 26 years on at that time, and I retired out. I, I didn't like the direction the, the sheriff's office was going in, and I had more than done my time, so I was able to get away from it. I actually took a job as a pro tem judge, and I learned quickly I'm a much better officer than a judge. Uh, <laughs> and then the long-term sheriff of Mojave County stepped down, opening up uh, a race in 2016, and that's when I threw my name in the hat. I was successful in that campaign and took office in 2017. And again, time passes. Here we are coming up to the, the next election, which is only three months away where I'm seeking my second term. So you've been the sheriff for one term there and you're going for the second term. Wow. Correct. That's, now, so you started in patrol. You made sergeant 25. Well, that's, you know, you think, well, that's young, but you had the jail time plus four years in patrol. So you had plenty of experience, just you still pretty young to be sergeant, though, for that size of a county. Tell, tell me a little bit about Mojave County real quick. Sure. Mojave County uh, is actually a very large county. It's the fourth largest county in the United States when you look at the landmass with a little over uh, 13,000 square miles of territory. Our population is right around uh, 200, uh, I'd say about 210,000. And we have three main incorporated cities being Kingman, Bullhead City, and Lake Havasu City. It's still very rural. There are areas of the county that uh, take several hours to get to uh, by land. And that's what makes us very unique. We have a statutory application, not just to provide law enforcement and public safety service on the land, but on the lakes and rivers as well. So it is a very big area. Saying that, Bill, we are still very rural by nature, so a lot of our deputies learn quickly, are given added responsibility, uh, kind of to cite an example, in my prime, as a sergeant, I was working in patrol on the boats. I was doing probably seven different instructions in-house to make sure our people were kept up to speed on, on our training requirements, so we definitely take advantage of the skill set of the individual officer, and uh I've been fortunate. I've always kind of lived my life by a common sense approach, and I just kind of took to this job, and, and I just do the best job I can. Well, I tell you, uh, 30 years, uh, you've probably seen just about all of it. Now, I'm assuming that you went up through sergeant and through the ranks. Did you? No, uh, actually, uh, I did 20 years as a sergeant, and the reason for that, we're a, a relatively small agency, and there were no lieutenant openings to advance to during my time. So uh, we have we at that time had three lieutenants. They all kind of got promoted around the same time. So we uh, maintained those positions for many, many years. And in reality, I wasn't truly looking for upward mobility. I was looking to be impactful at whatever my assignment was. And that's kind of how I've, I've run my career. The reason I ran for sheriff was to use that foresight that I had been given working here all those years to make corrections that I deemed would be in benefit, not just to the, to the agency, but to the public. And that's what we've been doing. Now, how many deputies are in Mojave County now? We have a total of 91 to date. Oh, yeah. For that landmass, I mean, uh, you start 
for 24-7. That's not that many deputies, that is no. for sure. So you must have, yeah. you have to have a really good relationship with the local police departments as well, I'm assuming. Oh, you do. And, and we have a fantastic relationship with all law enforcement in the county. There is an understanding that if, if, if you're wearing a badge, we're there to assist you. We're all in this for the same goal. And we're very fortunate. We have uh, police chiefs in Mojave County that share my philosophy. It's all about uh, treating the public with respect and courtesy. We've all been around officers who think there's something special, and that's something we don't tolerate. You know, there's no ego in law enforcement. And if you have an ego and you bring it to this job, you're not going to be successful. So we have a great working relationship with all of law enforcement here in Mojave County, and it continues to grow. And I'm proud of that. Well, you know, uh, I shared with you before, my background is with the county and uh, we were short staffed as well. And one thing about having an eagle as a deputy, uh, that doesn't last very long. I mean, when you get a call and uh, you're confronted with a group of people, maybe 15, 20 or more, and your backup is 15 miles away or 15 minutes even, uh, you have a tendency to learn how to be very diplomatic with people. <laughs> I you're mean, absolutely, you're absolutely right, Bill. That's where you learn the uh, the social skill set to, you know, try and defuse instead of escalate situations because it could be more, more than that. It could be an hour before the, the nearest officer can get to you. And that's even running, you know, high speed lights and sirens. That's how spread out we are. So we definitely yeah, have yeah. to be aware of how we deal with people and, and we're doing great in that aspect. My, my deputies, I'm so proud of them, both the men and women. They, they're buying into my philosophy. We're very community orientated. Uh, one thing I like to tell them, because when you, you have to understand a, a smaller agency, we have a high call volume. So these men and women are literally bouncing call to call most days. So I tell them, look, if you have downtime, instead of writing citations for the sake of it, of course, we're going to do our job. But if you find yourself in that environment where you have free time, Go to the school and read to the kids or go to a, the nursing home and, and do something impactful. Uh, number one, it's the right thing to do, but it also it's going to make you feel better about the job you're doing. And it helps them remember why they got into this in the first place. Sure, sure. Now, I saw on your um, the website for Mojave County that you have what you call coffee with the sheriff. How often do yeah. you have that? We try and do it quarterly. Uh, and we try and bounce it around the county to make sure that uh, we afford the opportunity for everybody to get out and 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 just meet each other. It's always nice to to be able to meet the the officers that work in your area and, and all the different divisions. You know, we open it up to our civil division, our detectives come down. We really make a day out of it to let people see, number one, that we're there to support them. And two, to give them a, a platform to ask questions. You know, we believe in complete transparency and we want to share that with the public. If you have a question, we're more than happy to answer it. Sure. Now, when you ran for sheriff, you obviously saw some some needs that you felt your experience could make an impact on the betterment, not only of the sheriff's department, but the county and the community as well. What was, can you give me one thing, or maybe two, or many as you want, really, uh, something that you saw, you know what, I would like to implement that program that's not going right now, and I think that's important, and I'm going to do it. Can you give me a couple of those, Sheriff, that you sure. thought was missing? I'd be happy to. Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. The biggest issue that we were facing uh, when I took office and prior to taking office was our ability to retain 
staff. And this was at the patrol level and beyond. We have a, a jail that we have over 150 employees in there, and we were not able to retain a lot of employees. Uh, and the reason for that, even though the county over my 30-year career more than doubled in population and the calls for service more than tripled in population, the raises weren't uh we didn't have the amount of increase in salary that was needed to keep people. And when I say that, we were considered the training ground for other local agencies. We send them off to the academy. We, we train them at a cost of roughly $100,000 to the sheriff's office. And two years later, they're wearing a blue uniform in the same town they were working at. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the, the driving force. I took office uh, with 18 vacancies in our patrol division, which was crippling. That's about 30% of our total patrol. And so the number one goal, which we have corrected, was to fix the wages. We are now a competitive salaried agency. We have completely fixed compression. And what I mean by that, Bill, and you'll understand this with your background, within a week of taking office, I had a deputy, great man, had uh, 12 years on the job. He came to me and he said, Sheriff, I don't know that I can do this much longer. I'm loyal. I love working for the county, but I'm making the same pay as the kid I'm training in my car. You know, and I just can't keep doing this. So I said, please hang in there. Give me an opportunity. And that deputy was brought up to a wage where he should have been all along. And that it's so important because not only are we paying them what they deserve, it completely turns around negative morale. You know, when they have somebody who says, you're right, we're trying to lead by example. We need you to do a good job. Well, by golly, Sheriff, I need you to work for me, too. And so that's what we're trying to do. And it's been very, very successful to date. I've added six additional deputy positions last budget year, and we only have one opening. So we are doing really, really well. And then I think our program is designed for that. So it's exciting to see the growth, but we're very selective. You know, we aren't going to take somebody that doesn't want to do this job for the right reasons. Well, you know, that, you know, you talk about morale and that is so important. I can tell you that from being a deputy that if you know the sheriff's got your back and doing everything he can to uh, assist you and and that he's been there and done that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's, you spent 30 years on the street. I mean, uh, that means so much to the morale of the guys. I mean, you're not getting some administrator that's uh, just crunching, uh, running policies and that sort of thing. That's very important. So now, as you went through... Um, I can't even imagine what it's like to campaign for uh, <laughs> a sheriff, but I know that had to be a whole new experience for you. But now that you've been sheriff, I know what is maybe the most enjoyable part about your job now, Doug? Uh, it's a great question. I really enjoy when I can get out of my office for any reason. Uh, I try and get out and ride the patrol uh, as often as I can, just, just to show that camaraderie between the administration and the guys out there, guys and gals doing the job. I think the most satisfying part of my job is seeing the results of the changes we're making. When I took office, Bill, you have to understand, we were averaging five to seven complaints a month on our officers. Now, I I can't tell you the last time I've received a formal complaint, uh, but I get 10 to 12 attaboys every week because they're taking it to the next level. They're looking to be not just law enforcement officers, but helpful in their communities, and people are seeing it, and that's a good gauge for me to show that our program's working. So these are the things that we're, we have done to improve morale, and I think one of the other gauges that I, it's really thrilling to me, and as an ex 
our retired law enforcement, I think you'll understand this. When I say Mojave County in the past has been known as a training ground for other agencies, that means we're just going through staff. We, we can't retain anybody, and, and the experience level really suffers for that. We now are getting lateral officers from around the county and around the state wanting to work here because they recognize that the sheriff's office and its program is going in the direction that it needs to go in. So that, that is rewarding to me because it puts a basis behind the intent of what we're trying to accomplish. Well, I tell you, my hat's off to you because, in fact, it does. We both know it starts at the top. You know, you, that, that culture of the whole department starts at the top. I mean, it really does as far as morale for the guys that are it works its way down. It surely does. Well, let me ask you this. Um, what is maybe the most challenging aspect of being a sheriff in a county, a unique county like Mojave County? Well, bar none, funding. I think funding is always going to be an issue. When you look at a, an agency that had been neglected for 30 years, you have to understand it's not going to get turned around overnight. Uh, I need 60 more deputies on the street. I'm not going to get 60 deputies out of this budget or the next budget. So what we did is we created a comprehensive plan that we have presented to our board of supervisors. Those are the individuals that hold the purse strings. And we said, look, we are asking to grow as the county continues to grow. So each year we're asking for more deputies. Each year we're asking to continue with the raises so we don't have compaction issues down the road. And we've been successful. So as long as the economy is good and we continue to grow, I think we're going to continue to see that measure of success. But that's the battle. You know, if I had sure. the funding, I could turn this around a lot quicker. You know, but uh, and to give you another example, Bill, I, I love monitoring statistics. I'm all about hitting crime very hard. I've always been that way. Uh, our crime, our property crime in Mojave County continues to drop each year. Uh, and that's not because Doug Schuster is sheriff. That's because I have the staff on the street who now have the time to do the investigations. So we're not just taking the burglary report and moving on to the next call. We're taking the burglary report and we're identifying the suspect and then we're closing out the burglary. But we take it one step further. Now we're writing into writing warrants to find additional stolen property and linking one burglar to maybe nine burglaries. So we're closing out a lot of cases in that way. And that's because we have the time to do it. So as our staff grows, I anticipate a lot of great programs that we're going to implement that will continue to combat crime. Super, super. Yeah. And in fact, uh, you mentioned, and, and I shared with you that canine was my forte and that's not even funded by your budget that's the foundation that's been developed over just the last two years that's phenomenal in itself i mean no oh, it's uh, great that's that saved the county so much money oh man that's great plus i think well i shouldn't say anything but you have a little more say spent maybe i don't know to a foundation than having to go through the uh the higher ups but anyway of all the assignments you've had now i mean you've got uh, a lot of different uh, areas. What is your was your most enjoyable uh, work on the street? Was it Lake Patrol or the waterways or just patrol? I think itself? waterways was my waterways was my least enjoyable assignment. When I was a young man, Bill, it was exciting. It was new, and after many years of uh, dealing with. Uh, a certain attitude on the water, and you have to understand our deputies are out there 12 hours a day wearing bulletproof vests. Uh, they're not swimming. They're not taking breaks. It's a very, very difficult job. And so in the beginning, I loved waterways. 
I'm happy uh, that I'm no longer in a position where I have to do that. Uh, my favorite part of the job, quite honestly, is making that connect with the community because it's very clear. Anyone who's done any time in law enforcement understands you're really only going to be as successful as you are when you have the community support. If the community is against you, you're getting nothing done. But together, you can accomplish great things. So that that's a big drive for me to continue to get the community on board. And in talking about the canines, that's a classic example. These are local volunteers in Mojave County that said, Sheriff, we believe in you. We know you support a canine program. Let us work for you. To date, they've raised over $200,000, and that's completely funded our program, wherein the program would not exist under the current budget uh, allowances that I'm given. So it's really a blessing to have good people in the community. And I've always said it, when you surround yourself with positive, good people, you're going to make positive, good changes. And that's what we try and do. Well, you know, when you said the key word that I just seize on every chance I get, and that is positive. I mean, there's nothing negative around. I mean, you get positive and people get behind you. Now, for my audience that doesn't really understand what waterways means for Mojave County, I'm looking at this. And you guys are responsible for the Colorado River there from Lake Mead, that's way up in the north, all the way down to Parker Dam. How many miles is that on the Colorado River that you're responsible for? You know, Bill, I used to know that answer. I no longer, I think my brain has been melted in all those years in the sun. I'll just simply say. <laughs> well, I know it's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> I'll simply say it's a lot. Uh, we have Lake Mojave, Lake Mead, and Lake Havasu, of course, which is one of the top five busiest lakes in the nation. The Colorado River is very popular. And location-based, I mean, we border California. So in the summer, sure. we get a tremendous amount of traffic out of California, Nevada, Utah. And, you know, again, where I live, Lake Havasu, it's very much a tourist town in that regard. Uh, we have a lot of influx in population during our summer months. Uh, the times where the locals want to get away and get out of the heat, others look at it as a, an opportunity to enjoy the lakes and rivers and a lot of outdoor recreation because of our vast desert. So a lot of activity along those lines. Now, also for my listening audience that maybe is from another state or somewhere else, it's important to note that Lake Havasu can get up to 115 to 120 degrees easily in the summertime. Oh, so right. go out on the water in a boat with full uniform, bulletproof vest, gun belt, boots, the whole gig. <laughs> and after you've done that for just an hour or two, you can relate to what Doug's saying. <laughs> that wasn't his most favorite uh, assignment being out in the water but that's a whole lot how many boats do you actually have we have uh a, i think around 13 working boats right now we only have seven people assigned to our waterways program and one thing we did years ago is we implemented a volunteer boating program so we have close to 80 members of our community that are out on mark patrol boats assisting us with uh, ensuring that the laws are adhered to and a big part of our job is education you know, people are out there to have a good time. We want them to have a good time. Of course, we want them to come back, but we expect everyone to adhere to the to the law. And uh, with the mentality that some have, like, hey, I can do whatever I want because it's not my own, my own hometown, you might want to check that at the city limits because we're not going to tolerate anybody out there willfully trying to break the law. Well, I just, I don't know where this, whose shoulder this fell on, but I remember, it wasn't that long ago, 
when they had um, Spring Break. Uh, what was that show on TV, Spring Break? Oh, MTV. Yeah, MTV. Yeah, MTV, Spring Break. Oh, my gosh. Now, were you guys, I'm sure you had to help with that. It probably fell on Lake Havasu City, but I don't know. I can't imagine you guys not having to deal with that as well. Actually, uh, 98% of it falls to the sheriff. Uh, So your listeners understand the sheriff is responsible, not just Mojave, but all sheriffs in the state of Arizona are mandated to provide law enforcement and public safety on the waterways within the state. So Lake Havasu is mainly patrolled by the Mojave County Sheriff's Office and our sister agency, which is the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office out of California. So anytime there's anything going on, one of those two agencies is more than likely going to be involved. And yeah, spring break has changed for us, and I'm very thankful. Back in those <laughs> days, Bill, every college was released the same week. Oh my god! And that, that that's madness. So now the colleges oh. are releasing over an eight week period, so you're not getting that mass influx that we used to get, which makes it much more controllable. And the kids oh. are great. You know, they're out here to have a great time. Uh, but we always let them know, you know, have your fun, but don't violate the law. Don't turn your your vacation or your your time off of school into something that's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Sure. In fact, um, I, I mentioned I spend a week in Lake Havasu every year because I love that lake. And I talked to some of the businessmen underneath the London Bridge there, and they said, oh, thank God they don't have that anymore. Oh, I know. Oh, it, it was, well, it was now, what's the name trying, of that? And, uh, well, since you're down, you're down in Mesa, you said, right, Bill? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to throw a shout out. My middle daughter... Uh, Allie lives down in Scottsdale. She's a hairstylist down there. So if she's listening, uh, hi, Allie, how you doing? Dad says hello, and we want you to move home. Well, she's going to go back to work here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, I think uh, to this Friday she's going to be back at it. Yeah, but also, what is the name of that cove down there where they all go and you could walk, you can't even, you could walk across the whole thing on boats. They're so crowded in oh, there. Yeah, what is that, the name? That, that's Copper Canyon. Yeah, yeah. I've seen pictures of it. I wouldn't even think about going in there. My gosh, anybody wants to look up Copper Canyon. uh, It's madness. It really is madness. And, you know, again, (laughs) there's always a fine line between enjoying yourself and going too far. I remember an incident I had years ago. Somebody drowned in Copper Canyon. The boats were so packed and the surrounding boaters seemed to not really be too concerned about it. It took over an hour just to clear the boats out of there before we could go down and, and search for this individual. And that's the madness of a group mentality. And I'm sure, had, I mean, once they knew, of course, they were compliant. But when you have that many people in such a small area outside of the core who are saying, my friend is missing, the rest are oblivious. And they're all at anchor and they're all connected. So it really is. It does make it very difficult. Well, you would actually, a person would actually have to see the picture of Copper Canyon to get a flavor for what you're describing there. But I want to catch this now. Um, you mentioned uh, you made an arrest on America's 10 most wanted, America's most wanted. Can you tell us about that, Sheriff? Oh, absolutely. This uh, probably about eight or nine years ago, it was actually a boating stop late in the evening, right after sunset. My uh, partner, who is now my chief or my undersheriff and I were working on the water and uh, made a stop of this little dinghy running without lights. Two people on board, a male and a female. So we get the male on board. He was the operator. 
and very pleasant. I mean, he is going out of his way to, to drop names and almost to, to excess, you know. And so anyway, my partner's interviewing them or interviewing him. He's asking them questions. And on a boat setting, you always have uh, anybody that comes on board take a seated position. We don't want them standing on the boat for safety reasons. So as my uh, partner is interviewing this individual, I reach over the side of the watercraft to try and tie off the boat that we had stopped because it's clear it's going to take a little while on the stop. The individual lunges from the seat and goes to push me overboard while grabbing my gun. So my partner's yelling, he has your gun. I'm going off the boat, Bill. I'm, I have no balance. Everything I'm doing is just trying to stay on that watercraft. And I look down and I see my gun halfway out of my holster. And I see my partner, and I'll never forget it. I saw his class ring. He's got a big old hand. And I saw his class ring hand on top of the bad guy's hand, keeping my gun in the holster. Oh, Seemed boy. like an eternity, probably a, a matter of a second or two. I regained my balance. Uh, we had, uh, of course the fight was on, he was not giving up quickly. And so we made the arrest and, uh, false name was given. And, and when it's all said and done running him, he was actually an escapee on the lamb, uh, for seven years out of Colorado. He was on uh, the most wanted list. He had actually, uh, stolen an identity, a valid identity from somebody, uh, in a convalescent home and had been living under that name, acquiring credit and, and credit cards and everything for seven years. And so I think he knew, uh, and I, I got to give a little more background to understand possibly why he reacted that way. He had been drinking. I think in his mind, he felt they're going to arrest me once they do. Once they get my prints, they're going to know who I am. And so I think that's what caused that action. But yeah, fortunate that no one got hurt in that one. And uh, But that's the stuff that you deal with and, and you, you never know. I mean, it's there's always that unknown. It could be on a boat, on a traffic stop, on a general contact. So you, you've got to always assume the worst and hope for the best. Boy, isn't that the truth? Yeah. Well, now, Sheriff, I know you have uh, uh, a limited amount of time today, but if you were to tell, what advice would you give to a young officer just now coming on the department? It's a great question. The, the first thing I would ask any young officer is always maintain your integrity. You know, you're going to make mistakes. When you make mistakes, come clean on those mistakes and learn from those mistakes. Uh, and I tell this to everybody I hire in. Uh, I, I explain to them very simply, look, I'm here as the sheriff to support you. I want to see you succeed. Who knows? Maybe you'll be sitting in my chair one day. If you stay within policy and do what we tell you to do, I'm going to back you 150%. Always. That's my job. If you go rogue on me or you do something wrong or you lie, I have no more use for you. And... Uh, it will quickly kill your law enforcement career, not just at Mojave, but anywhere. So integrity yeah. is the key. And uh, as long as they keep that, we, we can deal with mistakes. We can deal with training issues, but I can't deal with dishonesty. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is so important, integrity. And now, as you go forward now, uh, running for office again, do you have any, do you have a vision or, or a vision you'd like to share for the department is, uh, you take on your second term here, Sheriff? Yeah, we've actually established a mission statement or a vision statement, if you will. And and we're on par with that. We're doing much better than even I anticipated. Uh, and that's an exciting thing. So we want to continue with the momentum we have. We are doing things the right way. The more staff we add, the more uh, we're able to do. So 
as long as we can continue to convince our board, and I think we've got great support over there, to fund us to a position where we can grow each year, this is going to be a completely different department in five years. And it's already significantly different than it was four years ago. So we're going in the right direction. We just have to stay the course. And the reason, I think this, and I'm going to say this right now, the reason for our success is because our staff believes in the mission. You know, you can ask them to do anything, but if they're out there saying or doing things that are outside of what we're trying to accomplish, it hurts us. You know, you get 50 attaboys, and that's nice to hear, and one complaint detracts from all of that, especially in a day of social media where it's all over the place. So we try and stay in the positive, and, and we don't deal with the negative part of that. I don't even do social media, quite honestly. Not a fan. Mm. Well, I know that uh, the positive part is I really seize on that. I mean, that I've seen that in different departments that have, you know I've associated with, and it always starts at the top, and it sounds like uh, Mojave's in a good spot right now with you as sheriff, and I hope you make it to the next election. Um, um, something tells me you're going to be a shoe-in, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time will tell. I, yeah. Time will tell, and, and all I can say, Bill, is we're, we're certainly doing the very best we can. Uh, we've made tremendous growth. What's funny is I, uh, I've always had a unique sense of humor, and I told myself many years ago, I'm not going to change who I am for for any one position. When I elected to run, I asked my wife, I said, what do you think? Uh, I think I can get in there and change it. And she said, heck no. Why do you want to go back to that madness? You know, so I always like to joke around that uh, if I can convince her to vote for me, I'm a shoe in. But uh, she completely supports what I'm doing. And it, it just, uh, I think you have to remember who you are. I don't care what line of work you're in. You know, learn from mistakes. If you work for somebody who's a sourpuss, Store that information because you don't want to be that guy five years from now. If you work for somebody who you really think is great, take some of that. Carry that with you in your life, and then you'll be successful. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a good plan, Cheryl. Well, listen, I appreciate you so much taking the time. Uh, I know in the current environment that uh, no one's busier than you are right now. And the summertime coming up, and pretty soon that social distancing will be going away, and you'll be have your hands full at Lake Havasu anyway. And on the river, it's coming, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, well Bill, thank you. I am gonna, I am gonna get going here. I want to thank you for your service to your communities over the years, and a big shout out to all the men and women out there uh, wearing the uniform. Uh, it's not an easy job. People that have done it understand that. And and remember, just do it for the right reason. You're always gonna have the support of Mojave County if you wear a badge. Uh, so know that we're here for you, and we know you're here for us. So keep up the good work, boys in blue. You know what, Doug? I'll be up around Lake Havasu. I'll try to look you up, and we'll exchange coins or something. Sounds great. I would like that, and I'll even uh, treat you to a cup of coffee, but you're buying. <laughs> well, if you, if you can find a restaurant open by then, we'll be good. All right. Sounds good, Thank Bill. You, you have you, a Doug. safe day, and you take care, and thanks for having me on. You bet. Thank you, Doug. And that concludes our That concludes our podcast for today. We'd appreciate Sheriff Doug Schuster coming on. He's going for a second term, Mojave County there. And fascinating. Uh, a lot of things we didn't uh, get to talk about, but that Mojave County is uh, a large county, bordering three states. What a pleasure to talk to Doug today. So thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Boys in Blue podcast. Again, I'm your host, retired police officer Bill McReynolds. Boys in Blue comes out every other week. Subscribe to the Boys in Blue wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and let us know what you think. 